Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, assorted non-binary prefix sporting people, live from the shitty trailer park in Bloomington, Indiana, this is the podcast that exists for no discernible reason whatsoever, The Mad Signal. Now, your host, Matt Jablonski! Hello and welcome to the podcast that makes as much sense as Chris Rock being in a Saw movie. This is The Mad Signal. I am your host, Matt Jablonski. Here, as always, in the Matt Cave, uh, a.k.a. Death by Cheeseburger Studio, a.k.a. the shitty trailer park, um, I have prepped another, actually a much tidier little show here. Um, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm really trying to figure out what I want to do with this thing. I guess I, I said, I kind of droned on about uh, how I'm making the sausage, I think, enough on the last uh, episode, but... Um, I've got a few little tidbits here I'd like to share with people. A couple of things I wouldn't mind just expressing my opinions or thoughts about. And, uh, we'll wrap it up. I'm not sure exactly, uh, as far as housekeeping goes, how frequently I'm gonna do the show yet. But what I did feel was that when I started, I got a little positive momentum going. And instead of just, uh, worrying about sticking or adhering to the 30-minute format, I think what I'm going to do is try to actually uh, put a format on paper, uh, something, you know, a a set of topics I'd like to get through, and then uh, however long that takes, it's going to take. Hopefully, we'll we'll never be fall less than 20 minutes or, you know, more than like an hour, because in my experience, I think listening to shows, Uh, it gets to a point where after an hour of listening to the same person talk, if there's no other voice in the conversation, it can get a little difficult, uh, to, to stay on board. Uh, so we're going to try to shoot for maybe, uh, the loose parameters of somewhere between 20 minutes and an hour and, uh, just get through the topics that I found interesting today. With that being said, today's show uh, hang on here. I, I've got a little bit of uh, copy uh, to get. I'm not sure uh, how this is going to work. But uh, today's show is sponsored in part by My Unquenchable Thirst for External Validation. You're goddamn right I want your attention. I not only want your attention, I want your approval. And if I don't have your approval, I want to. At, I, I want you to at least know I exist and acknowledge it. So... Uh, my unquenchable thirst for external validation, it's not going around, going away anytime soon. Today's podcast is also brought to you by my boredom with the current state of professional wrestling in general, because God knows I've had about seven to nine hours of free time come up, uh, now that I stopped watching current wrestling product. Uh, so, you know, be thankful or not that I'm bored with professional wrestling. And finally, our last sponsor for the day are people who say they turned out fine while condemning an entire generation for being less physically and emotionally abused than them. Uh, That's always a hilarious thing to me. Like, my dad kicked the shit out of me and I turned out fine. It's like, all right, you know, you're fucking... 72 years old and get $1,200 a month with no retirement. You're fucking everything is going to be repossessed when you die and nothing's going to get passed down to your family. 
but you tell me how great you turned out. I mean, obviously you did it right. You had all the answers, you know, right from wrong and you know, human psychology. So thank you. People who say they turned out fine while condemning an entire generation for being less physically and emotionally abused than them. We literally don't know where we'd be without you, but at the same time, nah, I'm not going to say that that's mean and I don't want to be mean. We're trying to stay away from too much negativity. I'm obviously being sarcastic. I'd like to give a quick shout out to the fact that I just realized I can hear myself mouth breathing in the mouth breathing. Mouth breathing in the recording. Um that was fun to discover. I'm also umming a lot. I'm going to have to try to figure out how to work on that. It's a it's a self-conscious. I don't even know if it's self-conscious so much as I'm just thinking. And I hit these little, like, momentary holes where my words aren't quite in place yet. I'm kind of talking a little faster than my brain sometimes. I know you bitches have short attention spans these days, so I gotta, you know, try to keep it uh, wrapped up neatly. Uh, And here I did it again. I'm doing it again. So bear with me on the vocal tics. I don't know what else to tell you as far as the breathing. I'm fat. I'm working on it. You know, I'll try to remember (laughs) i i mouth breathe a lot when i'm like trying to fire out words it's like if you were singing you'd take in a big deep breath and then and then on top of it i'm a smoker so my deep breath is pretty shallow so uh we'll work on that uh we'll work on the little vocal tics we'll work on trying to keep it more concise and and we'll uh move along i want to take the time to send a quick shout out to indiana uh, CBS news dropped the list of, uh, it was a, a hundred or no, it was the top 50, uh, murder rates in the United States of America, Indiana triple crown winner. We made the list well, we made the list twice officially the top 50, but then we also made the top 60. So we made the top 60 murder rates in the country three times. That's pretty badass, Indiana. You keep it classy. In the nerd news, as I alluded to in the intro to the show, there's a new Saw movie coming out because I know when I think, what movie do we need next? Another fucking Saw movie is the answer. So with that, Chris Rock is going to be the star in the new movie. This news isn't exactly new, uh, but they came out with a trailer, a teaser trailer, uh, which I haven't watched yet. Uh, I just found it interesting that Chris Rock was getting into the Saw franchise. Now, I understand as far as horror movies go, if you stamp that Saw brand on it, it's probably going to do good at the uh, at the box office. Um, so it makes sense why Chris Rock would be involved. And Samuel L. Jackson's in everything. So I get it, sort of. And actually, when I read the synopsis for the movie, which I'll share with you, um, it, it seems like it could be interesting. It says, A sadistic mastermind unleashes a twisted form of justice in Spiral, the terrifying new chapter from the Book of Saw. Working in the shadow of an esteemed police veteran played by Samuel L. Jackson, brash detective Ezekiel Zeke Banks, played by Chris Rock, and his rookie partner, William Schneck, Max Minghella? I'm not good with actors. 
take charge of a grisly investigation into murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. Unwittingly trapped in a de deepening mystery, Zeke finds himself at the center of the killer's morbid game. So, Chris Rock being a detective is cool. Uh, I mean, I get it. It's it's a. Uh, I. It seems to be the role that. I, I, they just shove black guys into a lot which is fine i mean i'll watch all the black guys you want to put on my screen but it just seems like kind of a pigeonhole in uh in hollywood and it maybe started around iced tea i could be wrong maybe i'm reading something into it but uh for some reason young black comics and young black rappers grow up to be movie detectives and tv detectives it's a weird thing i don't know if that's a real correlation or i'm just imagining it maybe i'm a little bit racist i don't know that's possible and if i am i apologize somebody can feel free to correct me if there's any uh african-american or uh worldly black people out there uh who uh feel like i'm out of line for that feel free to correct me i will uh i will own that um <clears throat> Anyway, uh, where do you go from there? It seems kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm not. The, I, here's where I where I go from there. Um, the Saw franchise, I feel like, is gore porn, and I'm not really way into that. So, if if I see reviews after it comes out and it it shies away from its gore porn tendency then I will definitely go check this movie out. But if that's all it is, is another fucking Saw movie, why? I don't... Like, I I joke around and I'm calling this the Matt Signal reboot now. Uh, just, it's sort of a an homage to Kevin Smith and a ripoff of his tongue-in-cheek take on Hollywood. Uh, I just want to own that. I mean, I, I definitely borrowed that idea from him. Uh, I'm a massive Kevin Smith fan and I will be getting into a little bit of Kevin Smith news, uh, in like two more stories. So, uh, I just, I don't know. I we'll see where this, um, where this goes, but I hope that they get a little more into the psychological and a little less, a little less visceral. Because to me, that's where the money's at. For me, that's where you're going to get my money. Anyway, <clears throat> in news related to news I reported on the last episode of the podcast, um, it, uh, it seems or it appears as if Marvel has hired or positioned Michael Waldron, who is a producer and writer from Rick and Morty, as well as the uh, the writer and showrunner for the new Loki series, he is going to uh, do the rewrite for the script of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, this article comes from Collider. Uh, they say it's confirmed that this is the move they're going to make. I think that's cool. Um, if they're going to go, if they're going to go in the direction of the multiverse, then it behooves them to hire somebody who already works on a show 
where they have a successful multiverse. Rick and Morty is a very popular show. It's a little bit polarizing because there's a weird sort of sub subset of fandom where they do crazy shit like fuck up McDonald's because they don't have enough Szechuan sauce. And it's like, all right, guys, that's a bridge too far. Like, we're not going to fuck up businesses for not having enough sauce. That's not cool, man. That's like people getting shot over fucking Popeye's chicken sandwiches. It's like, why? I mean, I'm sure they're good, but, dude, it's a chicken sandwich. Like, first of all, all of our grandmothers could make us a better chicken sandwich if our, if we still have them. Um, but it just seems like a silly thing to do. Uh, but that being said, Michael Waldron seems like a good choice to uh, take a shot at this script. And I think that um, hopefully it'll turn out really well because this seems like it's going to be the movie they go to to open up Marvel to a whole new world. I almost sang there, but you can hear my voice is fucked up already. So God only knows how bad your dogs would howl if I did that. In more geeky, nerdy, fun-loving, awesome, sweet, sweet baby Jesus-praising news, uh, um, Kevin Smith has revealed the story for Clerks 3, and the majority of the movie is set at the quick stop. This sounds like it's on point. Excuse me. Many uh, people who follow Kevin Smith might know that he had a heart attack a couple of years ago, subsequently lost a ton of weight, and I'm starting to think maybe that's the route I need to go. Uh, I'm kidding because God knows if I have a heart attack and can't use the phone myself, nobody's going to discover me for three to four days. Anyway, um, so he's always said that he wrote Randall as a sort of fictional exaggeration of himself. Randall has all the lines that he wishes he had, that Kevin wishes he had, sort of in real life, especially at that time. So the plot of the story uh, is that Randall has a heart attack. He decides that he came so close to death and his life has meant nothing. There's nobody to memorialize him. He has no family or anything. Um, This is definitely written like Kevin Smith is talking, so I'm going to try to... And in the recovery, while under fentanyl, he comes to the conclusion at midlife, having almost died, having worked in a movie store his whole life and watched other people's movies, he tells Dante, I think we need to make a movie. So Dante and Randall make Clerks. That's the story of Clerks 3. And I think that's the perfect Kevin Smith plot (laughs) at this point in the game. He's very, he's always been a meta guy. Like, he loves meta humor. He has his own universe that Kevin Smith movies at this point are for Kevin Smith fans. Uh, We know what, what the premise is when we get into it. Um, And I mean, he does things in a way that nobody else really does. I'm sure there are other indie filmmakers who uh, tour their own movies, but not to the degree that Kevin Smith does. And to be fair, he's spent years building a platform that he's able to do that. Um, but he's he's gone back to indie filmmaking. He crowdfunds the movies or seeks the financing, you know, the old-fashioned way. He gets investors, but 
he does it on his own separate from the normal hollywood monolith where and i respect that i respect it's punk rock the way he does it not there's nothing wrong with getting a sponsor it's the problem is when you have 14 people between you and the sponsor all taking a cut down the line and then by the time the movie comes out it's not even the artist vision anymore and it doesn't get a fair chance if it doesn't raise a certain amount of money within a certain amount of time we declare it a loss the whole business side of art is really complex and stupid and uh, i think the way he does it it's pretty awesome man and so i'm looking forward to this i think that this is the perfect kevin smith plot for the perfect closure to the kevin smith story uh of clerks that uh usq universe that they started and god knows is probably not going to be the last one he does uh, maybe not another clerks but i'm pretty sure there's already another mall rats in the pipe um i'm not 100 percent sure on that i think i heard him say that in an interview but that dude just talks forever and it's really hard to remember everything he says like i watch every new interview of his that comes out because he's genuinely funny to me and he's an affable guy and he seems to really care about us as his fans so i like it um uh so that's something to look forward to to any fellow kevin smith files out there that's coming down the that's the next thing apparently after jay and silent bob reboot uh for any anime fans who may happen to tune in uh this isn't going to be a deep story but if you have a well if you have a pc or you have a xbox anime is on sale dirt cheap right now check it out there's a few dozen different titles movies sub stuff whatever you know like sub dub they got a bunch bunch of anime shit uh the uh big names i'm seeing are like gundam attack on titan um free there's some free stuff there too so uh yu yu show you can get the first season for free uh check that out man that save yourself a little bit of money ubisoft has announced that the ps5 and xbox series x will play almost every game from previous consoles now i don't know about you but i'm not always looking forward to giving up my previous games when i get a new console i still want to play some of the classics from the previous generation i have such a weird mix of game consoles that i have like a i have a gamecube i have a, a dreamcast neither of which have been used in like a couple of years i have a wii and then i have um <clears throat> xbox one is my primary gaming console which i sort of regret because most of the people i know are on ps5 i don't or ps4 rather i don't really have a preference uh playstation versus xbox playstation seemed to get the better exclusives this last go around we had a few um gears of war is a great franchise you know what you're getting when you play gears of war and uh one of the issues i have in that way it's become a lot like call of duty so i haven't really followed through on that but i do like gears um there's there's a few titles we have but <clears throat> I'm thinking right now I'm kind of leaning PS5 on the next gen. And uh, I always want the Nintendo, but almost never get it. Like, I didn't get the Wii U, and I now I haven't gotten the uh, Switch yet. Um, 
Nintendo, I know you're not listening to me, but god damn, you guys need to slow down. I know that you want to get new products into the marketplace because you need to generate revenues, but damn, it's a new console every other week with you guys. Fuck, man, I can't afford it. Nobody can. I mean, I, I'm not saying, people have Switches, people have DS, you know, I have the 3DS XL. I like that the new one. That was another thing they did. I had uh, the original 2DS <clears throat> because I don't really care for the 3D function that much. It does help a little bit in the 3D Mario platformer games, but I'm not a big fan of the 3D function. So I got the 2DS, and um, I the 2DS was capable of Super Nintendo-level graphics, and I know that. Because I had Super Nintendo games on it through the virtual console. But somehow, they decided at a certain point, we're going to do the new 3DS. And they did improve the graphic capabilities a bit. But Super Nintendo games that were released for the new 3DS, they wouldn't allow you to buy on the 2DS. And you can't bullshit me that those games weren't actually compatible with the graphics. It, that was a money grab. And then they, like mid-generation, launched a new console. That was a money grab. And of course, they're shifting the Wii U, or not the Wii U, the Nintendo Switch is a dual, like, handheld console system, which is a cool concept. I get that. Like, I give them credit, and I want it. That's, I want one. But spending the money on a video game console hasn't been something I could justify. Um, I just don't have the money coming in right now to make an extravagant purchase like that. And it's such a bummer because I don't want to be behind on Nintendo. I love Nintendo's brands. I love Mario. I love Zelda. I love all of that. Pokemon. Uh, yeah, 33, almost 34-year-old man. Of course, most of us like Pokemon now because we grew up on it. But it's like, you guys need to chill just a little bit. Damn. And speaking in Nintendo, speaking of Nintendo, uh, I ran across an article on IGN. It says, uh, it was talking about how um, <clears throat> a large portion of the people buying the Nintendo Switch are women, and they think that, yeah, I'm just not that shocked. I don't know why we keep seeing stuff like this. I've met plenty of women who play more video games than me, and they maintain stabler social lives. So can we quit acting surprised that women just like things that dudes like sometimes? Like, do we have to have articles for that? I don't know. Maybe we should, like, think about it. They kind of buried it in the lead a little bit. They didn't put it in the headline. Uh, it's just, of course, Nintendo is popular with, like, they have Legend of Zelda. They have Pokemon. Like, there are certain things that, like, I think that not all women gravitate to the sports games as much. And I know there are women who like those. I'm not saying there aren't. And they don't gravitate to the same blood and guts content as us all of the time. Although I do have a friend I'm thinking of right now who's way into more horror shit than I ever will be. Um, I have a couple of those. But it's just... 
can we stop acting surprised that women are people? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because they look at it from a marketing perspective that they weren't capturing a specific demographic for a while. And so now it's news. But damn, like these headlines are weird. I feel like sometimes I come off and trying to uh, highlight the absurdity of racism or highlight the absurdity of sexism. I sort of, I don't know if I get the punchline right. <laughs> Maybe I'm coming off like I'm attacking the wrong people, but in this case, I think I got it right. And we just need to, like, why do we need to know that it's popular with women? I don't, it's just popular with whoever plays it, isn't it? And that can be women, like, because they're free to do the same shit we are, but not lift as much. <laughs> I figured I'd throw that in there to make people happy. <laughs> well, that news segment was sloppy, wasn't it, folks? It's a little all over the road there. So I've been thinking about what am I going to do with the uh, uh, the meaty chunk of the podcast, the part that comes from me. And I've decided that I need some kind of regular prompting something to um give me something to talk about every time i come and sit in front of the microphone that way i can even when i don't feel like i have much to offer i can come up with something so the ideas that i've had so far i have two uh one is going to be that i'm going to ask other comedians to recommend a comic that may not be a casual, like a casual comedy fan wouldn't probably know their name. And, uh, there's a lot of comedy I've realized recently talking to people that I just haven't even been introduced to yet. So I'm going to ask comics to recommend comics and then give my share my feelings. I'm not going to do their bits. I'm not going to go way in and spoil their whole routine. Basically, I'm going to tell you if based on the taste I have, I would recommend watching them or not. Um, and the other thing I'm going to do and this, I sort of stumbled into accidentally today uh, as I was waiting uh, just to see if someone would get back to me. Um, and that's just, I started watching a movie and I thought, you know, I've never been one to jump online and do total in-depth movie reviews. I'm not that guy. And honestly, I think one of the more, uh, cynical places you can go on the web is reading, uh, reading professional movie reviews. These people are not easily pleased. And I don't even, I don't know what movies they've seen that make them judge other movies this strictly. I've never seen a movie so good that I would talk down on some of the fil films that people do. Um, but I also understand we all have our own taste. I think it's just when I look at a film as a piece of art and I understand that bigger, uh, more expensive, more corporatized projects, many people will, they don't see them artistically. They see them more like theme parks. And I can appreciate that. Like, I understand where you're coming from, but I disagree with your premise. Um, but I also 
I don't know. So the point anyway is that I watched the movie. I'd like to share with everybody. Uh, I can be largely positive about this one. So I'll just start off telling you I enjoyed this movie. Uh, it was Jojo Rabbit uh, directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, he, uh, first came onto my radar, uh, predictably when he directed Thor Ragnarok, I, uh, really enjoyed the cut of his jib. Uh, he's a funny dude and he's got an interesting perspective and he can take things and flip them on their ear in a way you just wouldn't anticipate. Um, he's, he uses subversion almost predictably but also very I think he can get away with things that a lot of people can't because he's just got an interesting twist in his his lens. He's he's good at we'll just start out and you'll see what he did here. Um so Taika Waititi was the director, uh Roman Griffin Davis played Johan Betzler who is our primary antagonist. Um, and, uh, uh, Johan is a 10 year old, uh, growing up under the third Reich. This is the end of the setting is the end of world war two. Uh, the Germans are on, on the decline, like they're on their way out, <laughs> Well, not really out cause they're in Germany, but the, the, the German military is about to be over with, um, Basically, in the course of the movie, it's when the Americans take over and, and the war ends and what have you. And that's a gross oversimplification of the end of the world. But, end of the world, end of the war, I understand that. But anyway, moving on. Um, just to comment on uh, the performance of this character, uh, who becomes Jojo the Rabbit which I'm not going to give spoilers on the movie. If you've seen it, you've seen it. If not, I don't want to ruin it, but, um, <clears throat> he, uh, wow. Does this Roman Griffin Davis kid perform the hell out of this character? Um, his expressions are amazing. Um, so he's a 10 year old growing up in the third Reich and he's, he wants to be, he's, he's a member of the Hitler youth. He wants to be one of Hitler's security guards or whatever. Uh, that's what he aspires to be. And we see world war two, Germany, late world war two, Germany through the eyes of a child. Um, <clears throat> it was an interesting take because you've got to think a child's brain is more playful than an adult's. So the super fun part, <laughs> if you want to call it that, is that Jojo's uh, imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, played by Taika Waititi. And this is obviously, I mean, like I said, this is through the lens of a 10-year-old. So this is an idealized Hitler uh, from the perspective of someone growing up under the Third Reich being fed all of the propaganda of the time. So his imaginary friend and the spot he reserves for his best friend is Adolf Hitler. Uh, Taika Waititi plays him in a way where he's almost like he has a couple little like 
what you see on the news, little tantrums and stuff, you know, or the news, like documentaries. Um, but for the most part, he, he's like a playful guy. And it's, it's a really interesting <laughs> way to play Hitler, especially now. Uh, but I suppose if you're a Polynesian, uh, of Polynesian Jewish descent, you can get away with a little bit more playing with Hitler, I guess. Um, <clears throat> and Hey, God bless you, man. If you can do it, do it. Um, also in the movie, we have Scarlett Johansson playing Rosie. That's, uh, Jojo's mom. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie plays Elsa, uh, a Jewish girl that, um, Rosie is hiding in the attic in the course of the movie. Uh, Jojo becomes aware that there's a Jewish girl in his attic. And up until this point, he imagined them being like devils with horns. And he didn't understand that they were just people. And so being that it's from the perspective of a 10 year old who was crippled and thus couldn't be conscripted into the war, you have to, you kind of realize right off the bat that he's going to humanize Elsa in his mind, like he's not going to be able to maintain this hateful rhetoric while knowing this person. And the conflict really starts off with, he doesn't know whether he should report, uh, Elsa to the, uh, to the SS, um, or if he should, you know, protect his mom. He, he basically realizes he's in a shitty situation. Uh, also notable in the movie, Sam Rockwell plays Captain K. I can't remember his full German last name. Uh, Stephen Merchant's in the movie. Rebel Wilson is awesome in the movie. Um, and Alfie Allen makes an, uh, uh, an appearance. Um, <clears throat> really, it's, it's very well acted, very well shot. Uh, has a pretty pronounced beginning, middle, end. You... The conflict is easy to understand. The resolution makes sense. There's definitely um, foreshadowing throughout that leads you to big moments in the end. I literally, I laughed and cried within like 10 minutes of each other multiple times. Um, I honestly would recommend this movie, not just for what it can teach us as a period piece, but how we can relate it to today and the us versus the other mentality that seems to exist between every other group in the world. Um, I'm not going to get too preachy about what you should look for in it. I think that it really should be obvious if you watch it. Uh, the things that we could take and apply to today. Um, I would advise, and this is a hard thing to do because we're talking about the Nazis in World War II. But I would advise people to not imprint yourself onto the protagonist. Leave room as a thought experiment for what if you're the bad guy in the scenario. Take the Hitler, all of the, everything that comes with that out and just look at the conflict between the people and what it's like, what it really boils down to. And I think that it applies to a lot of us. And it's really an interesting, uh, interesting, cool, weird, uh, look at humanity through the lens of a 10 year old boy 
at the end of the Third Reich in Nazi Germany. Like, I I would recommend this to anyone. Um, it's just good. Uh, so that that's kind of hopefully I'll get better <laughs> at evaluating movies as we go along. But I also don't want to I don't want to spoil them because this is relatively new to video. I know it, it was at least nominated for shit. It probably won it, too. I don't know. But, <clears throat> man, it was good shit. So, I was going to talk more about, like, comedy and some some things that I, I noticed in the last week uh, or so that have happened. But I think I'll save that kind of talk for another episode. This one's been a little choppy. I understand that. Thanks for bearing with me. I'm trying to figure it out again. Not just again, but it's not like I did that many of these before. And we do Death by Cheeseburger a totally different way. So I'm going to go ahead and try to put a plug in this for now. Uh, I'll probably be back in a couple few days with another episode. And eventually I hope to get on like some kind of regular schedule because otherwise it's just like hoping that everyone will check it out. I don't know. I want to give everyone a, a dedicated time. This is when it's going to launch. and But, of course, then I'm the kind of person that sucks at deadlines, and I just don't care about them that much, but I realize they work for things. So uh, I'm going to figure that out. But, anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, there should be, like, some music playing here if I didn't get lazy. Uh, if not, maybe next time. We'll see. Anyway, everybody, like I said last week, Wherever you're at in your struggle, wherever you're at in your journey, I hope that today is better than yesterday and tomorrow better yet. Thank you and good day, sir.